Uh, today I'm talking to Steve Kushner, a renowned artist. <laughs> <laughs> An old, old friend of mine. Well, he's not that old, but we are, we are we do have quite a history together, and we haven't seen each other for years since 1970, yeah. and here it is 2008. So we're talking 38 years since we have seen each other. And uh, Steve, at the time, was doing these uh, pen and ink uh, lithograph reproductions with his partner Elaine of these wonderful fantasy drawings that that I knew I knew right then and there that this man was brilliant and talented and just terrific and we were really good friends and Steve lived in one of my mother's apartments for uh, for a year and he found me through the internet my website so uh, say hi to everybody Steve wasn't it <laughs> it was yesterday well i had some trouble there because you emailed me and i said Give me your phone number, and then you emailed me again, and I said, "Give me your phone number." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so 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 tell me and everybody else a little about a little about what you've been doing. Oh well, I, besides the stuff that I was uh, that I mentioned in the uh, in the email, you know, all the animated film posters, and all they're all major ones, major films. You know, probably every every grandparent has given them to their grandkids, you know, so they got them in their house, you know. And I, I often think of, of myself in a, in a really kind of a arrogant way that, that probably more eyes have looked at my work than have ever looked at the Mona Lisa. <laughs> I, that's kind of, that, now, that takes a lot of guts to say something like that, you know. But, I mean, as far as Photoshop is concerned, I've done, I've done a lot of, of actual uh, photo work in Photoshop, you know, like for for instance, you'd get a you'd get a uh, a, a shot of Nicolas Cage that they wanted to use on the cover of something, but they didn't like his head, so I'd have to take his head from another picture, and and the the lighting would be wrong on the other head, you know, so you'd have to decide: do I want to change the lighting on the body or the head? And it's usually easier to change it on the head. So you know, I mean, you do things just tons of. Of, of jobs like that that I don't even remember what the movie was. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of his, but... Uh, but I, well, I want to see, I'm looking forward to see his new one. I hear National Treasure 2 is pretty good. Well, you said the first poster you did was, was The Prince of Egypt. Yeah, that was well, the first one. It was really wild because um, the guy that was, was uh, that got the job to do the, po to do the poster didn't have that big a knowledge of anatomy, and so he wasn't, since the, since the Prince of Egypt is supposed to be standing there bare-chested, the guy didn't know what to do, so he asked me to make a just a pencil drawing of the muscle structure, you know? And so I started to do that, and I said, no, nah, this is a waste of time. Why don't you just sit me down in front of the computer, you know? I've never sat in front of a computer before that day, as a matter of fact. And I just had him uh, scan in a rough outline of the character and then I I said give me a, a dark color a medium color and a light color and let me do the the shading in the computer so I just did it there you because know, because you had a Wacom tablet which is you know it's impossible to do that with just a mouse right so, so with a Wacom tablet it was perfect and easy as hell so I I just did and what I did just sitting there as an experiment was what they bought you know, so so Disney bought the, the what I did. Wow! I was I think of myself as like um, like 
uh, you're 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 at the starting gate with a whole bunch of other horses, and the bell rings, and all the other horses take off, and I just walk right over to the the winner's circle. <laughs> I didn't even run the race. You know, my first thing, first thing I did was out there. You know, out well, there, big time movie. And what year was it? Well, I guess the same year. The what year was that? You know, probably ninety-eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ten years ago. And then right after that came Hercules, and I did that, and on and on and on. You know, one after another. But now CGI has taken over, so uh, nobody's doing those kinds of animated films anymore. You know, with mm-hmm. yeah, little well, hand drawings. And, yeah, plus they they bought Pixar uh, last year, or merged yeah. with Pixar. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I I invented a uh, a, a group of uh, probably a dozen characters that no one has ever seen before. They're really really unique characters, mm-hmm. and I thought they were so neat. I you know I did them all in the computer, and, and I gave them to a friend of mine to see if he could do something with them because he was a uh, he used to be a photographer uh, a, a movie uh, photographer. Oh, stills? No, real, real. Oh, uh, cinematographer. Cinematographer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he had a friend at Pixar who was responsible, who was the, the main animator on, uh, I think it was Toy Story or something like that. And so he took these drawings that I did, uh, you know, all on a CD, and... Uh, showed them to the guy, and the guy said, oh, my God, these are fantastic. They'll be perfect for CGI stuff. He said, now, give me a script. <laughs> and I had written a, a, a real rough outline of a script idea. But like I was saying before, that that won't do. You really have to have the entire package before anybody can even look at it and decide whether it's a go or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they just don't want something rough. They, they want it as finished as you can possibly make it. That makes their work less, you know, the, the less work for them to, if you do it all. But it's a pain in the ass to do that. I mean, I don't want to be a script writer, for God's sake. I could be, but I don't want to be that. Yeah, it's it's very very hard to discipline yourself when it's not something that uh, one it doesn't come naturally and two yeah, yeah it's forced yeah it's uh, yeah. and that's a lot of work and it's I a lot of work you mm-hmm. have to put on a new hat for that I don't want to do that you know? yeah uh-uh. so anyway I I ended up being a master at Photoshop and then I get bumped out of the whole thing I hear I am a dinosaur after ten years you know mm-hmm. because there nobody's doing those animated films anymore well in that way they're doing it like you said yeah. they're they're, they're using the uh the 3d uh 3d programs yeah, I, now i don't want that cgi so i don't like it well i i've had a problem with th- my big problem with 3d uh has always been you know because i've i've i could show you i've experimented with it probably uh 25 years ago i was doing some stuff on my atari where i could Build. I, I actually made a, a wireframe camera and rotated it and made prints and and I actually had glasses where you could look at it in 3D and stuff. <laughs> wow. But it's just it's so again it's that it's that time for me particularly it's that time consuming thing of building the initial model. It's like you said you you don't just draw a character. You have to actually construct the the, the wireframe, you know, the skeleton of, of this thing, and then you got, you know, 
And, right. and that's even before you can start animating. And then just to animate that particular thing, and then you got, you know, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And I guess that's why they have people that do each of the individual pieces now. You know, they got the yeah, compositors and the shaders and the colorists. You know, but that was always kind of what stopped me. Like you said, it was just it was just too a little too much work. It wasn't uh, you know uh, yeah. you don't get that feedback like you do with photography and Photoshop, where you do something and and you and you see it right away, and it's something you yeah. can print yeah. or you know it's it's right. Like like I was telling you about that that uh, that doors uh, video that I. Did the introduction to right? Mm-hmm. You know the opening sequence of it. We built the that black water pool. Well, now there I was building this logo out of a foam core and filling it with chicken parts and you know <laughs> bloody organ bits and stuff like that. And uh, that's not what I want to do. You know? Yeah, but there I was. Somebody had to do it, and you know how I couldn't find anybody who knew anything about blowing up. Chicken parts. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to be the guy, you know. So yeah. it worked. It worked, but I don't want to be an explosives expert, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But I do love Photoshop, except I reached a point where there's something very confining about it. You're really trapped into that little... That, not a little screen. I got a big screen, but it's, you're trapped into that space, and you, and everything is so precise, you know, that I just felt like I got to get out of this. So I started painting, and wow, it, I just felt so terrific, you know, with this big brush in my hand, to, <laughs> you know, stretch my brain out a little bit and get further out of out of that little box, you know. Uh huh. So for for that whole year, I, I spent about a year. I was still doing computer things, you know, while I was painting, but I just had to get out of. Well, thank goodness you wouldn't have found me if it wasn't for the computer, right? At least the right, internet. Right, that's true. Did you, I? I um, are you a Mac guy, a Macintosh? Uh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what's very interesting. I mean, the reason I'm asking you that. I, I mean, I almost assumed it mm-hmm. because that's the one thing I discovered when I was out when I was out west was that. It's there's so many more Macs out west than there are on the East Coast. Oh yeah, we're we're a minority here, and I've just been you know I've just yeah. I, as you know I mean I've just been into Macintosh for, for the graphics. I mean just anybody that was into graphics at all, especially back when the machine first came out, the Wacom tablet. Have you have you seen this this Cintiq or do you have a? That's what I have. Oh, you have a Cintiq? Yeah, I have the yeah I got the newest of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, well, the newer ones actually smaller. They got them. They they came out with a small uh, Cintiq, but you, so you got the big, you got the big big puppy, yeah. like uh, or something. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see some more of your work and stuff. Well, I could send you a CD. Yes, you can, and plus, I could probably come and see you in a month would or you, so too. Would you rather have it on a Mac or a PC? Because I've got my slideshows on both. Oh, definitely a Mac. I don't. Uh, yeah. Okay. I do PC stuff, but only because I do web development. So there's certain yep. things I have to do just to 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 check PC stuff. But mm-hmm. so, um, do you have a uh, uh, which Mac do you have? Do you have one with a with a camera in it? Do you do, you, do, you do uh-huh. iChat and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I got that. What is it? Mac Mac Pro Book or something? MacBook like Pro the 17 or the 15? MacBook Pro, yeah, yeah, the 17. Yeah, yeah, I have the 15. 
No, I have 17. Yeah. One. Yeah, I have the 15. I'm just saying they came out with the 17. Oh, <laughs> they came out with the 17 right after I got it. It was oh, one of the no. times, and they well, and then I said, well, okay, well, uh, you know, well, in some ways it's better because it's a little more portable, you know. And I haven't even looked at those uh, skinnier ones. They've got one. That's oh yeah, the Air, the MacBook Air. Yeah, I haven't looked at that yet. Well, they're nice, but you know, they're not. Uh, they're great for portability, but there's no. Uh, the hard drive is really small. Yeah. And there's no uh, there's one USB port, small hard drive, and the mem the memory is not expandable. Uh, I don't I don't see any need for that. Plus the battery has to be replaced by Apple. Well, the only thing is, you know, for people, uh, this guy in this user group I I go to got one, and he actually brought it to the meeting and everything. Oh yeah, for people on the move, that's great. Yeah, bloggers and stuff, they love it because they can. It's just so lightweight, and you just. I mean, it is. It's it's, it's terrific, but it's uh, you know it's it's. You can't put enough memory in it, and I, I need plenty of hard drive space because I, I almost carry my whole photo library around with me, when I'm, you know, because I, I don't know when I'm going to yeah. show somebody pictures or want to work on one or whatever, and it's just... Right. Uh, and I've got an external hard drive that I, I store stuff on. Mm -hmm. I don't do any work on it. I just store things there, you know, just to keep the space open on my laptop. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic. So, so you're living, and you you got uh, you're right up there with a view of the valley. You said, huh? Yeah. Oh, fantastic! And and you know what? The cool thing about uh, what 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 I was doing all that uh, that work for the major studios was, I just insisted that I don't go to their offices because you go to an office and you you have to sit there and work in an office. You can't smoke. You can't drink. You can't sit around naked. You can't put <laughs> loud music on and dance around the place. You know what I mean? You, it's, just that list alone of things you can't do makes any job <laughs> hideous. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, so I just insisted that I work at home and I'm I'm so good that Nobody gives me any flack about it. They don't insist that I come in. Everything I do, I do it at home, mm -hmm. and I don't even have to. I don't even have to send messengers anymore. I could just email everything I do. I know, isn't that terrific? That's oh, a... it's fantastic! Yeah, that's what I was. At the beginning, that... I used to messenger stuff, and that gets expensive. Oh yeah, well, that's. I was telling. I was telling my neighbor that photography job I did of that house. I mean, it was one I, I got really good, you know, money. I got my full day rate and and that and and like you said, it, all I had to do was put the pictures up on the web and pick what they want. So I mean, I, I didn't even use a piece of paper at all for the yeah. whole job. I had no yeah. material cost at all. Yeah, just rechargeable batteries. Mm-hmm. Heavenly. It is. It's heavenly. I think we've. I think uh, we're very lucky that we. Uh, well, one, not only that we're in we we're in this day and age, but but that you know. I mean, there's a lot of people like you that that. I mean, it's great you got into it and it did some great things for you, and now you've gone back to your you know your 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 natural art forms because there's oh, a lot of people sure. that are so intimidated by computers that still cannot you know send an email yeah, or something yeah. you know. But I still love paint so much because it's so earthy that all that stuff, you know, I mean, it comes out of the earth. All it is is, is linseed oil mixed up with stuff that you get out of the earth. I just love that, you know? Mm -hmm. Like even you take take a lizard and crimson, for example. They, You know where they get that? They scoop it up out of the, out of the bottom of the Mediterranean 
and they clean they clean these little these little crustaceans out of the the mud and muck, and they just take these little crustaceans, and as soon as they hit the air, they turn that bright alizarin color, mm-hmm. and they crush it up and mix it with oil paint, and there you got alizarin crimson. Wow! You know, I mean, that's so earth, and here you are painting with this stuff that's right <laughs> out of the ground. I just love it. Love that feeling. Mm-hmm. And you got to be careful because you don't mix certain things with other things. And a lot of artists don't pay attention to that. They, they, like you can't mix the sulfur compound with a copper compound. Because mm-hmm. if you mix them, they're going to they're gonna turn black over time. You know, they, they just eat each other up. And a lot of great art has, is just going through changes. Like Rembrandt, for example, you used, uh, used lead white uh, paint, which is what the, all those old guys used to use. And the lead white paint turns black, and it turns everything around it black. And that's why Rembrandt's paintings, they look charming because they're so dark, but that's not the way he painted them. Mm. They turned dark because he didn't use it. That's all they had was lead white. Wow, that's interesting. And anyway, anyway I, I'm, I'm getting off onto my, onto my joy of, of uh, the earthy stuff, you know. Well, no, it's the best. So so are you are you showing your stuff? You, do you have no, a gallery? Just, or? No, I just stash it in my bedroom, mm-hmm. my extra bedroom. I just load it up. No, I I went to Paris, as a matter of fact, to to consider opening a gallery. You know, but oh my God, I was there for three months, and it 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 really is a thrill. And I would love to open a gallery there, but they make it so impossible. I mean, you you have to you have to have health insurance. You have before you can even get a carte de séjour, and they, you have to have really good coverage. And a carte de séjour only gets you into the country for more than three months at a time, and then you have to go through this real complicated rigmarole to be able to open a business. It's not at all like America. America, all you do is rent a space and open your door. You know, mm-hmm. but over there. They make it make it really tough because they don't want riffraff coming in, you know, and and I can understand that. This is me off. So it's on hold. That mm-hmm. idea is on hold. Because that's where you want to do it. You want to do it there, huh? What what about in the states somewhere? I just love Paris too much. <laughs> I heard somebody say a great line once. They said, "America is my country, but Paris is my home." And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that spirit, you know, and I would have that, too, if I lived in Paris. Mm-hmm. I'd have that same spirit. That would be my home, but my heart with America, you know. It's just a cool place. But not to not to live in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, do you, have you kept in touch with Elaine? Or do you know what she's doing? Or No, I've tried so hard to find her and track her down. And... Uh, uh, she she got married again, mm-hmm. and I kept calling her. She got married and then divorced, and and the only name I had was that guy's name that she married. And I tried calling him a few times over the years, and he keeps hanging up on me. He doesn't even want to hear her name mentioned, so he doesn't have a lot to say about her. So I, I gave up on it. I don't know how else to look her up, how to find her. She doesn't go by the name Perkins anymore. Yeah, that's the tough part when they uh, after. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's why women are so much harder to find. I wouldn't know how to track her down. Mm-hmm. But I sure liked her a lot. She was a nice lady. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, well, why don't you fill in some of the missing pieces for me? So between the uh, before the Disney stuff, like when, uh, well, when we saw each other last in in Florida, where, where'd you go from there? When you were, well, I guess. Oh, after that one year of seventy, nineteen seventy, when when Elaine and I had that that ad agency, we quit that because I wanted to open a gallery. So I opened a gallery on Commodore Plaza in Coconut Grove, mm-hmm. and uh, so I started. I couldn't keep things in that gallery very long. I put I'd, whatever I'd paint would would sell right away, you know. So I did that for like three years. And I also opened another gallery. I was I was never in the gallery, but it was in Dallas, and I think it had the same name. I I just don't pay attention to stuff like this. I here I I open a gallery in Dallas. I was never there, and I wasn't. I was never sure of what the name of it was. I think it was the same name as my gallery in Coconut Grove. It was called Pigments of the Imagination. <laughs> and um, anyway, I left. Miami, when my mom got real sick, and I looked after my mom for about mm, four years before she died, mm-hmm. and it was during that time that I drew some endangered species, wild cats, big cats, you know, tiger, leopard, all those big cats, and I took them to New York, and I sold them to... Um, not sold them, but I made a deal with this guy, Arthur Kaplan. Fine Art Reproductions is the name of the company. They still exist. And he printed them. And, and oh, man, for, for years and years I was getting royalties from them. And that's what I, I lived on mm-hmm. when I was taking care of my mom, you know, was on those royalties that I got for those, those pictures. So, and they sold like about a half a million apiece of, of those paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, print. So uh, after my mom died, a friend of mine uh, who was producing a, uh, who wrote and was producing a film here in California wanted to take a break before he did his editing. And so he asked if he could crash at my house. So he came to Florida and crashed with me for a couple weeks. And he asked me if I would do the opening sequence to the film. Film was called Dribble, about a girls' basketball team. Mm-hmm. It had it had Pistol Pete Maravich in it. Do you remember that guy's name? No. Pistol Pete. Anyway, uh, I did the opening sequence. I came out here. He flew me out here, and I did it. And after I did that, that I just this is so cool. I, I decided, okay, I'm going to go and try and see if I can get work in movies, movie uh, posters. So I went to the uh, the biggest ad agency here at the time. It was Hauser Bates. It was the biggest movie ad agency. And I walked in with no portfolio. And I had no idea what I was going to say to the guy. But I, I made an appointment like for 4.30. And I, I was standing at the door waiting for the guy to finish talking to somebody else that he was having a little conference with. They were huddling over something on their desk and 
they were puzzled by what to do with this this illustration for uh, I think it was for Variety magazine, and so I I just sort of walked over and looked between them, you know, over their shoulders at what they were doing, and I saw what their problem was. So I I put my arm down in between them and I pointed at the picture and I said, "Make these bigger, make that smaller, put this over there, and take this copy box and put it down here, small." And there was silence. <laughs> and one guy says to the other, "Do that." So he gives it to the other guy, and the other guy leaves with the with the uh, rough that was out laying out. And he looks at me and he says, "Who are you?" <laughs> and I said, "I'm your 4:30 appointment." He said, "Well, you just got yourself a job." And I said, "I don't want a job. I want to work freelance." He says, "Okay, you're working freelance." <laughs> You've got a job working freelance, <laughs> so that's what I did forever. After I do, I only worked freelance. I I didn't ever have a job, and my reasoning was, uh, I I hate living with the project from the beginning to the end because you end up you just end up overworking it and reworking it and making changes and kissing ass and doing this and that. And that's why people burn out so so quickly in in ad agents, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. they really live with that thing to death. But me, I just walk in, do my little thing, and get out. Mm-hmm. You know, and get paid good bucks. So that 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 was my whole my whole thing. I did that for like uh, oh five years or so. That that in and out thing, mm-hmm. before I hooked up with a with a, a gal who had a. Her own, her whole ad agency was sort of like freelance, so it was really cool, really cool. We had fun, a lot of good time there. It's interesting you were talking about the royalty thing because you saw, I guess, in my email, you saw the little squirrel holding the camera. Yeah, I love that. Well, I I did love that squirrel. Huh? That's really, really good, good drawing. That one. No, it's not a drawing. Actually, it's a photograph. And it's a photo, it's too small, I couldn't tell. Well, I'll have to, uh, I'll give you the background on that. I, I, I was living in L.A., um, I guess about about 27 years ago or something like that, and I was doing freelance photography. And I needed a picture for a business card. I said, I got to put, you know, I said, enough of this. You know, I would go through this, you know, I mean, I used to do it in Miami all the time, too. Every time it's, okay, what picture to put on a card? What picture to put on a card? Well, I had taken a picture of this squirrel at Yosemite underneath the picnic bench. I was feeding them potato chips, and I lay down on the ground to get the point of view and all this other stuff and everything. And something just said to me, I want to use this squirrel as my business card. And then I said, well, that's absolutely stupid. People are going to say, what the heck does that mean? Like, what does it do? And I just looked at him, and I saw the way his hands were, and I said, I'll put a camera in his hands. Um, and I did it the old-fashioned way. I did it as a paste-up. It took me uh, a day and a half because I, I was working a process camera. I was working at a place called Stat House, and I had access to a process camera in a dark room. So I made a 16-by-20 print of it. I cut around his fingers with a razor blade. I took a picture of my camera. I cut that out with the razor blade. I shot two things. I retouched it, and I put it together. And that was, and I looked at it, and I was so proud, and I said, you know, I never have to go through this process again. I said, this business card will, I can have forever. I don't have yeah. to, you know, problem solved, don't have to think about it. Yeah. Well, when I stopped freelancing, 
you know, he just kind of, I never did anything with him because he was like my logo. Mm -hmm. And then about seven years ago, um, this company called Avanti Press contacted me because I had him on my website, you know, because with the story. I had a story because people always used to say, well, how would you get the squirrel to hold the camera? So I had like, you know, a made-up story about how I made a deal with him. If he took my picture, I'd take his, and then he ran off, and so I used his without a release. And, you know, uh, you know and then, of course, you know, I told him the real story. So I had this thing on there. So they contacted me, and they said, have you ever done anything with this with this picture? And I said, well, no, it's my logo. I never did anything with it. They said, well, we want to do a greeting card, you know, and we want to, you know, so I, they said we can either pay you straight out or do a royalty thing. And, of course, I, I took the royalty thing. And sure. two years ago, they sold $40,000 worth of that one card. So I got, Holy cow. So I get a check every April, but every year I, I kick myself for not having, like, 10 of those. <laughs> And here you are, you know, you, you, you're you doing it, you know, between the puzzles and all the other stuff, you know, and the greeting cards, you know, you, you do. You probably have a lot more than 10, I guess. Oh, yeah. And, I, and in fact, they're even on coffee mugs, refrigerator magnets, hats. <laughs> oh, incidentally, this you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, about three years ago, a wine company approached me and said, "We want to use one of your paintings of these bears on a on our label." And I said, "Sure, that'd be great." So, so they did it. Wow. They left the bottle. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's cool. And there's and it's so funny. They they've even got my name on it on the back. You know, original art by Steve Kushner, and it's so cool. Especially for such a wino like me. I got not to change the subject because that sounds like an interesting subject. But <laughs> well, I, a little before we met, like, did you? How'd you? Did you grow up in Miami, or how'd you end up in Miami? Oh no, I grew up in Chicago. Oh, you're from Chicago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Chicago, and when one, and when my mom got sick, uh, even a little bit, uh, we had some friends who lived in Vero Beach, who said that a house was for sale right nearby them, mm-hmm. and it was only $8,000 for the house. And so we bought the house sight unseen and just moved down there, and as soon as we got there, I realized I didn't have any money, so I better work, so I would drive down to Miami to look for work every couple weekends, you know, mm-hmm. and then I, that's when I hooked up with Elaine. I just answered an ad. She, she she wanted an artist, but she was with another company. Mm-hmm. And then I so I got the job, and then that's when she and I decided we would start our own agency. So we got the the hippest uh, companies in town, you know, as our account. Like the Great Train Robbery, do you remember that company? Well, my friend Jeff, I told you, he used to he used to work for them. Yeah. He, was, he was a manager or a salesman or something. Jeff that was Lewis. First account. And so on Forty First Street. On Forty First Street, I remember. Yeah. So I, I I had the coolest clothes in the world because they I, I did a lot of work for them with just in, in exchange for clothes, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was very well dressed. I didn't have to think about that anymore. I didn't even have to shop. I just go over there and. Tell them to give me what what was cool. 
<laughs> Give I me one. Know. Well, that might even have been Jeff there. I don't know. He might have been. I have to ask him when to what years he worked there. He was. Uh, he had a big afro, and he had these real thick Coke bottle glasses on. He used to wear these platform shoes, and he was... Mm, I don't remember. He's a party animal. hes uh, It's great, because when I... Uh, like this last time I went to go visit him, we went out on, on quad running and stuff. You know, he took me up in the mountains on a quad. You know, stuff, you know, the physical stuff I never do, and... Uh, uh-huh. You know he likes uh, he likes to do that kind of stuff. And I went wave running on Lake Mead, which was fantastic. Yeah, it was unbelievable. That I really like. That's like a personal boat. You know, a boat that's like a motorcycle. It's like unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've done that, but it's... well, it sounds like you uh, you got a good spot there, and you're and you're doing your painting again, and it just it just sounds terrific. And I'm I'm just glad you're there. Because, like I said, I'm I'm headed that way, you know, within the next couple of months. You know, we're definitely definitely coming out one way or the other, hook or crook, driving again. So, uh huh. And um, you know, so oh, yeah. we'll be able to see each other, which I think is yeah. You'll have to come up to this place. I, it is a heavenly little place. This, mm-hmm. uh, I've got the I've got the, the prime spot on the mountain too. Wow, you know that is one of my favorite views up there. It yeah, really is very top. I used to love driving my motorcycle up uh, Laurel Canyon Boulevard, you know, just to... Yeah. And then going down Mulholland, just... I love that Mulholland, that whole stretch. That's just... That's incredible up there. Yeah, I could see that from my window. That's not where I am. Mm-hmm. Across the valley from that. Mm-hmm. Well, still, doesn't matter. You're up there, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm as, I'm as high up as, as Mulholland is. Mm-hmm. I'm just on the other side. I just love it here. Just really love it. Mm-hmm. Here I am, trailer trash, and I never realized that that's what I really am. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a long time to live it out. Kind of feels good, though, huh? You kind of like, you know... I mean, I feel good just hearing it from you, that, you know, I mean, you know... Oh, I love this. I mean, I'm really living a great life because uh, I sold my house for so much, I don't have to work anymore. Mm -hmm. Ever. I'm just... I'm just happy as hell. I don't, you know, not to have to hustle. Right, exactly. Yeah, you can wake up every morning and say, what do I want to do today? And like you yeah. said, it's not about retirement. It's about what do you want to do today. Exactly. You know, and it could be creative or it could be fun or it could be uh, whatever. Yeah, I really, really love my life now. Well, that that is terrific. That is. I never really had to hustle, though. I was... I was really fortunate. The, the word of mouth thing, you know. When well, you, it's not just the word of mouth, Steve. I mean, you are so talented, you know. Really, that the work speaks for itself. And and yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I. It's true. It's true. Everybody just, you know, you. You take one look, and you don't. You like you said, you know. I mean, look at this case where you went and you didn't even have a portfolio with you. So it's 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 yeah. just a it's just a. It's uh, you are one with your art, and you and as long as I've known you, I mean, not that I knew you that you know, I've known you a long time, but not obviously <laughs> in your presence. But but like I said, I was very. I mean, look at the impression you made because if you asked me 1970 what else was going on in my life or what else, I I probably can't tell you who my friends were or anything else. But you know, like I said, and you made such an impression that you you know. You, that uh, you know, I, I... well, we did spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we talk practically every day. In fact, can I mention this? I, I wanted to I wanted to write it out, but it doesn't matter. But this, I remember during a, a conversation with you, uh, like it was like the day of the trial. That Jim Morrison thing, right? It was either the day of the trial or the next day. You said what I thought was such a brilliant observation about the scene in the courtroom. You said because of the kinds of questions that those people were asking, you said you got the impression that 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 scene in the courtroom was more obscene than anything Morrison did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you felt that you felt that everybody in there was trying to find out how big Morrison's dick was <laughs> because of the, you know, the how far was his hand from blah 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 and all that stuff. That you had the impression that they that they were just being obscene by by going into that kind of detail, you know. Well, not only that, like I said, is like he went, you know, here's the attorney. He's like, you're sitting there, and he's saying, did you hear him say fuck? Yeah. And you're saying, okay, well, what, it's all right for you to say it now, but it wasn't all right for him to say it? or I mean, it's more obvious with you saying it than it was he was saying it with noise and music and everybody screaming and, you know, who the hell noticed? You know, you're saying it in this quiet courtroom, you know, and, and it was obscene what they did to me to make me stand there and, and jerk off in front of a judge, jury, and you know what I mean? I mean, not I have no regrets. I mean, it's one of, the, I guess it's my 15 minutes, but... It's, it was totally absurd, totally absurd, you know, and it's, uh, but again, but I it's like. Real, I thought that was a brilliant observation that they were being more obscene than he was. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Well, I'm trying to get a settlement now because this is what I found out. See, I put the pictures up on my website about 13 years ago, almost the same story that's up there now, except it used to have all the photographs spread out, and then people, I guess, were grabbing them or whatever. So I I substituted a slideshow figuring, okay, you know, that way they get to see them and all that anyway, but even though they can still grab them from my gallery. Um, But um, now I lost my train of thought here. So... uh, you know, you're talking about um, making money off of. Oh yeah. So what happened was, I guess apparently, uh, the photographs I sold to his attorney, he he took them back, you know, to California, and this guy, uh, Danny Sugarman, um, in 1984, published a book, and he used three of my photographs and credited them to uh, this other guy, um, oh, Jeff oh. Simon. And I didn't know anything about it because, you know, I didn't go around, you know, finding doors books and doing all this other stuff. Then uh, about two years ago, the doors contacted me because they they were doing a book. Sugarman had passed away. They were doing a book, and they wanted to license some pictures. And so I did. I licensed them some pictures, and it turned into also uh, Rhino Records was doing a DVD for the for the Doors box set for the 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So they licensed the picture. Well, then when I got my book, you know, I'm looking through the book to look at my pictures, and I found three more pictures of mine that were credited to somebody else. Oh shit. So I went back to them, and, you know, I did all the research and all that stuff, and this guy said, oh, you know, the best thing to do is you send him an invoice, you know, for three times the value of, you know, blah, 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 this and that. So I sent him a bill, you know, and I finally got a settlement and all this other stuff and everything else. And 
what had happened was Sugarman, when I had spoken to him, he had said, oh, I think we had used your pictures before. And I didn't know what, you know, what this was. And then he passed away. And so I had mentioned to the doors that, you know, that Sugarman had said to me, oh, yeah, we're straightening all that out and doing all that other stuff. And so um, I contacted a friend that had written a book on the doors that lives in uh, Vista out in California. And I said to him, Jerry, I said, you know, I'm trying to find out which book my pictures are in. I said, I can't, you know, if I go to the bookstore, they're not going to have all the books, and I don't want to sit there thumbing through all those books anyway, you know. So I said, I'm trying to find out, you know, if you get some time, could you find out? So he says to me, the illustrated history of the doors. So he he quotes to me the the book it's in, the publisher, and, and the year it was published. And then he says to me, he says, he says, not only that, he says, I have one I cut up that I use for paste-up and stuff. He says, he oh. says I can send you the pages out of the book. So, he, you know, he sent it to me and everything. So, so they, And it turned out to be the same three photographs. Wow. So I'm in the process now. I'm, I'm trying to get this guy, Alan Graham, the brother-in-law. He's, like, over there negotiating with me. So I'm hoping, you know, because we're talking 20, uh, 25 years they've been using these pictures. Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, if I get a nice settlement check or something it'll take the pressure off of me you know i mean because i need to wow good luck so but but it's that's kind of cool you know i mean you know because i've made more money going after people that have used the pictures illicitly than i have selling them legally (laughs) (laughs) is is there some kind of lesson to be learned i have no idea i have no idea But, but I mean, it was a very valuable lesson, I'll tell you that. I mean, I learned how to do, you know, do all the negotiation and write up my own things and do that. But, you know, then I, then I stopped at this one. I said, because this one is, I was going to do the same thing. And I said, I, I talked to my friend and she said, you know, really? She said, you have no idea what this is worth. She said, you know, your life could have changed, you know, 20, you know, 25 years ago if, if your name was in that book with those photographs. You don't know who would have contacted you or what would have happened or any of that other stuff, you know, what direction your life would have gone in. You're right. You're so right. it's not even just the usage of the pictures for so many years. It's, you know, they were miscredited and, you know, you know like who knows, you know. I mean, well, just since the Internet, it's been, you know, it's it's been exploding, just different things. Well, that VH1 piece, that was the same thing. They found me on the... They found me on the internet. They found the story, and they 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 contacted me, and they said we want to do an interview with you. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what do you pay? And they said, well, we don't pay anything. I said, well, I don't work for free. And they said, well, we license the photographs. I said, okay, that's okay, you know. And and the real trip was they licensed one of me, you know, because oh. as I'm leaving the interview, he said, well, do you have a picture of what you look like back then? And I said, well, yeah, I got a self portrait I shot in the mirror. I said, it's on my website and everything. He says, oh, that's one of the ones we want to license. So that really blew my mind, that they that, that somebody would pay shot. for a picture of me. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good shot. Yeah, it was with my Minolta I shot that. But, uh, you know, it was nice to make a few bucks with it. Who would have thought? I t- I'll tell you the real mind blower, Steve. This This is what really blows my mind about all this. When I was shooting all these pictures... My main intent was to do special effects, was to go in the dark room and uh, posterize and so, you know, because I wanted to do uh, album covers and and rock posters. Yeah. Because that was the only market for, you know, what I wanted to do, which was the special effects. And it's just so interesting to me that now 
the pictures have a historical value and I print them straight, you know. I, it's like I wouldn't even think of doing manipulations to them, uh, you know, uh, make them, uh, you know, psychedelic, you know. It's just, it's, you know what I mean? It's just, oh, oh, big thing. Well, two two things happened because I told people, you know, that, oh, I took these pictures of the doors and I didn't make any money and nothing ever happened. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, when the doors contacted me about, Eight years ago, they were going to do a coffee table book, and I and I sold them to the doors for the first time. I got two grand for some pictures, and I said, "Oh my goodness, it's true what they say." You know, a, a full circle. Because I always wondered, you know, I had this energy and drive when I because I was like eighteen or nineteen when I shot those. I said I had this energy and drive, and nothing ever came of it. And I says, "It's true what they say. It's just that it took thirty seven years for the for the circle to go around and and that's what I thought was the full circle, but you'll love this in the story I mentioned how the how the Miami Herald did not want to buy the pictures. You know, I contacted them after the concert and said I had pictures yeah, of the concert, and they said, "We're not interested. Right. Do you know that a woman two years ago?" from the Miami Herald, contacted me. They were doing a story called This Day in 1969 or whatever, and they wanted to purchase a picture of one of the of the Doors thing. They did. They ended up buying it, right? Not, not a lot of money because it's a newspaper, but they ran it on the front cover of the paper. Oh, that's cool. And I said, and I thought the other thing was the full circle. I said, ah, oh, it's this one, and you know, and it's, and you know, it's not about the money, you know, it's a little bit of justice, a little bit of justice. And then the real thing happened last year. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame contacted me. I sold them a sixteen by twenty of Jim Morrison with the Lamb for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now I didn't even have that on my list. Oh, of goals in life. You signed it, of course. Of course. That's why. First, they contacted me. They wanted it digitally. And I said, well, no, no, I want to print this. I said, not only do I want to print it, I want to sign it. If it's going in there, I said, I'm printing it and signing it. Oh, and nice. so I called them up. I said, well, what size do you want? Because the biggest I could do myself at my friend's house is a 1620. And thank goodness that's what they wanted was a 1620. So I went and I printed this thing. And again, it wasn't a lot of money, but it just, it, I said, you know, my goodness, I said this, you know, when I was starting out, I wanted to do photography for, you know, National Geographic or Playboy. I mean, those are things that all photographers think about. Yeah. But never in my, never even thought about Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, ever. And I'm going, what a gem this is. I said, I, I, I tell people, I said, this is a major turning point in my life, and I, I didn't even realize it. You know, it's like... You know? Yeah. Is that, like, cool or what? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, that whole event for me, you know, has been, you know, just, you know, it just keeps happening and happening and, you know, there's resurgences and anyway. You know what would be cool is if you could get, if you can get a, get one of your pictures on the cover of Interview Magazine. Mm-hmm. You remember that magazine? I uh, Vaguely, I think I do, yeah. Oh, that would be really a big, big a feather in your cap. A feather in my uh, cap, yes. I wouldn't yeah. mind doing that. That is because they got some 
great, great pictures on their covers. Well, it inspired me. I started digging stuff out. I, I actually went to the Playboy Mansion. I don't know. I'm still trying to find out which day it was. It was either in 1976 or 1978. I think it might have been 76. But it was a party uh, at the Playboy Mansion to celebrate the decriminalization of marijuana in California. Uh-huh. the normal party. And what happened was I was doing some framing work for High Times Magazine. So I knew the, the sales rep on the West Coast and everything. And I was in their office one day, and they said, we're going to this party, you know. We really, you know, we want to hire you as a photographer. You know, tough gig. So uh, so I, I went to, so I, I finally dug those out like about a month ago. And, you know, started scanning them, and, you know, I got some really great shots of Hefner, you know, and some other stuff. And So I've been kind of doing that, you know, going through my archives, because I, I got other gems besides, you know, I mean, obviously the, the Doors thing is the most famous, and mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin being second, but I, I have so many of those things, and it's... Uh, like I said, my thing I'm doing, you know, I'm 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 just loving shooting pictures now. I'm really, I, I just love my new camera, and I just, you know... It's 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 that same freedom you're talking about. It's not that natural thing, but it's like when you shoot in what they call camera raw, you know, it, you're basically telling the camera, don't make any decisions. Don't do not do white balance, don't do anything. Give me the data right off the sensor. I want to make all the decisions. Mm. So what ends up happening is you get all this tonality. You know, it's all, you can't reproduce all of it, but you get to select what you want. You know, what's, yeah. uh, you know, and it's, it's, and it's nice, and it's and it's free. I mean, I can actually shoot pictures for free. The other thing I've found is is there used to be a hesitation every time I took a picture. There was this mental evaluation of is this photo worth taking? Because there's a dollar amount every time you push the button. It was a you know a cash register went off, and it was you know so much for the film and the chemistry and this and that and the other and the time. You know, so there was always this hesitation. I'd look through the viewfinder, and I would say, is this picture worth taking? Well, now I don't have to do that anymore. I can shoot and ask questions later. <laughs> uh-huh. right. And it's made a difference. I mean, I got this picture of these Amish kids that I shot through a windshield, which I would never usually do that because it degrades the image quality. But I've gotten to this point of, you know, really focusing on capturing the moment you know see it get it and ask questions later you know you can always shoot another one or you can always do that and you can throw it out if you don't like it later and it is such a level of freedom and you know again i think it's the same thing you're feeling with your with your natural materials you're right because obviously how natural can photography get you know i mean it can only go so you know but but look at look at the work that ansel adams did oh and his his whole eye, the eye that he had, I'm sure that, that, that every picture he ever took had to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A lot. So he had, his, his deliberation is visible in, in his work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he couldn't take a long stream of, of 20 pictures. No, no, nope, he had to plan the shot and maybe take three or something. Or... Yeah, so such care that guy took. That I really, really love that. And he did it, and he had to. 
Yeah, it's it's just it's it's just amazing. It's like, well, you know, I was well, you don't know this, but when I later on and after when I moved to California, I was doing motion picture backdrops. I was doing these eighty foot uh, photo prints that the studios oh. would use for the. So I, I would print those, and I I, w- I would do all these things, and I, you know, and, and you get very inflated with yourself, like you know, oh, you do these big things, and you know, how cool is that, and everything. Then I saw this article of a guy from. Uh, after the San Francisco earthquake, which was, I think, was nine no eighteen twenty seven. I forgot when it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But this guy, his his name was uh, uh, T. R. Lawrence. But he actually hoisted a forty by sixty camera up by seven kites. They put up these kites. Kites. Kites, not balloons. Kites. Oh, my God. And then he hoisted up this huge 40 by 60 camera with a glass plate in it and took an aerial photograph of San Francisco after the earthquake. And he got flare in it and everything, and and he made contact prints of this. And I I saw this article, and I said, you know, here I am thinking I'm, like, so clever. (laughs) 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 And here's this guy, you know, in in 1827 with kites. Yeah. Seven kites that I'm going, you know, one glass. And he only had one shot, you know. What it is is he he had a wire or a string attached to the shutter. Oh my God! And so he once he pulled it, you know, and you know it had to be a long exposure, and there was like a handkerchief or something at the at the other end. So when he pulled it, he could see that it it fired, that it disconnected. Uh-huh. One picture. Oh, so you imagine you take all this time to get, and you can't. He couldn't see, couldn't see where it was aimed. Yeah, right. He's flying blind. He's well, you know. I think they probably had it where they knew maybe the one of the kites was the way he wanted to point it, and the lens was, you know, you know, he probably. He did have control how he could tilt it and point it, but still, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, hello. Yeah. You know, and then to get that thing down and then develop it and everything, I mean, it's like. <laughs> well, you saw the shot, didn't you? I did. I saw the shot. I saw, good shot? A good shot. Yeah, I'm telling you, he got flare in and everything. The sun was like in the thing shining into the lens, and it was, yeah, it's a, and I, I, I said from that moment on, I said, I would love a, a, an actual print of it from this thing, you know, as a collector. I said, what a great thing, you know, especially as a mural printer, you know. I mean, I'm going like, this guy was, I mean, a print that big. I mean, it wasn't even, I mean, even if he would have done it with a, with a regular camera, it would have been a miraculous feat, I think. But to do it with this big, huge negative, it was like. Yeah. Did you see that Wait, 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 one more thing. It was called the Lawrence Captive Airship. He had a name for it. The Lawrence Captive Airship. <laughs> captive? Captive Airship, yeah. What a funny word to use. I know. Well, I mean, we were talking the 1800s. So yeah. The Lawrence Captive Airship. I've got to find that article. I'm going to see, do some research for him again. It was in a photo magazine. I wonder who found it originally. But anyway. You could just Google it in. Google it Absolutely. Oh, do I love that? Do I love that? Yeah, yeah this internet thing is. Oh, what I, was I love it and hate it. You know, I love it because it's it gives access to everything. I hate it because I can't just go out in the desert and not be connected anymore. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, you know, I have I I do a web hosting and everything, so I have about you know twenty twenty five websites that I that I host. 
Yeah, there's no maintenance involved. It's not like I got to go in and make changes or whatever. But I got to be available to my customers. That if you know if anybody has a problem or if they need something, they got to be able to email me. That's all. You know that way. You know I prefer the email, and uh, you know so it just means I can't. I can never get too far from a computer. So it's a love hate relationship. Me too. Yeah. Oh, but what I was going to ask you is if you had ever seen that. I saw it about a year ago, I think. Uh, the largest photograph ever made, the, the largest print, and the largest um, negative. It it was on the side of some huge building. Mm-hmm. That uh, I can't remember what it was even what it was of. Mm-hmm. But I remember being impressed. You yeah, no, I didn't see that. Being a photographer yeah. yourself, but I'm not, and so. Yeah. Anyway, it it puts it puts that Lawrence guy to shame. <laughs> well, size wise, anyway. I don't think so, though. I no, I don't I, think so. No, there were there were too many things going on, you know. And then to convince all these people, you know, to help you and do all this shit. Well, I don't know. I guess he paid them. I don't know. I guess he paid them. I don't know who they were. You know, it'd be interesting, like I said, to see that. You know, how big the kites were and what kind they were. I think of that all the time. I want to put up. You know, I, I want to be able to do aerial pictures of Philadelphia. You know, and I keep thinking I'll get a balloon and I'll hoist the thing up and I'll get a plus. Plus, he must have he must have gotten somebody who knew something about meteorology to be able to know what the wind was doing and the weather of that particular day and mm-hmm. what the possibilities were and weren't, you know? You can't that that or the thing we don't know is he might have tried it like every day for a month or something. <laughs> you know, we only saw the one that worked. That's true. That's true, yeah. Yeah, we saw the one that worked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That same business of many hats. You know? Many hats, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Well, again, you know, it's, I, I, in some ways, it's, you know, again, I, I love that, and it, but at the same time, it confuses me. Like I told you, I was doing, you know, I was doing video production for over five years, and then I said, and I never wanted to do it myself because the file sizes always scared me. I didn't want to deal with gigabytes of data and duplicating and moving stuff around. I said, you know, I, I just couldn't deal with it. But then when they needed it done, you know, for a company, I said, well, yeah, they can buy all the hard drives and the equipment and all that, so that's not a problem. And then the next thing you know, I'm a filmmaker, you know, and I'm going, okay, well, this happened for a reason. This happened for a reason. Now I'm a filmmaker. So, so a- when I lost my job, I said, well, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> I had too many hats. I'm going, well, I don't, you know, do I, you know, it, it confused the hell out of me. And I'm saying, well, you know, I kind of like did it all there. I, I mean, I'll show you a video I did. It was a special effect. Actually, it was called Mailbox Man. Well, we called it Mailbox Man. It was, it was a little Aetna commercial, and my producer had this idea. We were going to stick a guy inside a mailbox. It was supposed to be a talking mailbox. <laughs> and then we went to the post office, and we looked at mailboxes, and I said, well, I can get somebody in there, but there's not enough room. And I said to her, well, I'd have to make his head a little smaller to see both his eyes and his mouth at the same time. And she got the brilliant idea. She said to me, well, what about a chicken little kind of thing? And I said, hmm. So we ended up doing that. I took this guy, and I, I got up on a table, and I, I, I didn't have a green screen big enough, so I used black. 
and I shot video, you know, and we found, we actually used real actors. He was like an opera singer, and he like did, you know, which was, we picked him because, you know, the way he moved his hands and all the stuff when he talked, because you got this little guy, you need a lot of animation, you know. And uh, so I, I shot this whole thing, and and you know, I even got him like he's sitting on the on the flap of the mailbox, you know, and then with the music starting, and then he jumps up, and then the mailbox closes. I mean, it's it's the coolest thing <laughs> to the point where I one I couldn't believe I was doing this for Aetna because it was just so creative and you know and special effects and so much fun. And when we got that whole thing done, I I just said right then and there, I said that's I says I have reached the epitome of this job. I says that's it. You know, it don't get any better than this. So anything else that happens is fine because, you know, <laughs> been there, done that, you know, and it, and it was the peak of the whole thing and I, you know, so I just said but like I said, it confused the hell out of me because I don't know I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing now. You know, I mean, I, I like you said, I got so many hats. Yeah. You know, and you can literally get a job in any of them. But I, I'm coming to the same conclusion as you that I I really just need to be on my own and to be doing my own thing. And you know, it's, it's, especially at this point in my life, you know, it's it's yeah. it's not a time to start another career. <laughs> It's time to use it's time to use the knowledge I have and kind of just you know like you said or like we both said wake up and what am I going to do today Yeah yeah I'm lucky though that I that I actually love everything that I do Mhm I just love everything I do so all these many hats that you have are all hats that I love I never bitch about anything you know mm-hmm. any job I've ever had I could never bitch about it I just had a great time doing each one, and and I am talented, so everything I do works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't, have, I don't, I can't remember any failures. Mm-hmm. I, I've never, I've never missed a deadline. I've never had anybody complain about anything I've done. You know, so I'm, I'm on top of the world. You know, all the time. This is great. That is great. That is really great. Well, listen, I want you to email me some stuff, your address and your, you know, your birthday and, and all that other good stuff. And Yeah, I'll send you a CD of my stuff so you can, they're slideshows. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's great. No, might even, uh, I'll put it up on my website, actually. And, uh, oh, that'd be cool. In my blog, I'm, uh, my blog, which has been like totally ignored lately, you know, because I really should be putting something in every day, but. That's uh. That was when I first started doing it. That was interesting because I went back to all those kind of uh, uh, landmark things in my career, and I like you know you know like when I sold the greeting card to Avanti Press, and when I you know, and when I sold the stuff to the Doors and the and the Miami Herald, you know, I went and I you know I took the actual date and I wrote a little story, and so it's it's kind of like a journal, you know. It's just that it's been. It's been very badly neglected. I haven't made an entry, so oh my! This would be great to put. Well, get off your ass. Get off my ass and start. Yeah, start doing that. Yeah, I gotta focus. I do. It's time for me to focus. You have inspired me, my friend. Oh, cool. <laughs> and not only that, I am just looking so. I am just so glad that you are in California, since that's the direction I'm going in. I mean, if you were in Missouri or something, I mean, not that I think you know. Probably a long time before I see here we'd get together. But like I said, I am headed in that direction, and and that's that's certain. So oh, that's terrific. And if it isn't in a month, it'll be two months. But it's gonna be it's gonna be soon. And like I said, I'm looking to move out there. So mm-hmm. that would be well, great. 
now's a good time to buy something if you even got a couple bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Best time to buy there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't have a couple of bucks, but that's okay. <laughs> you to look for something foreclosed. Yeah, that's true, too. That's true. Anyway, Steve, it's good talking to you. We will talk again. You got my, you got both my numbers too, and uh, one of them is uh, eight hundred. I don't know if you noticed, but there's an eight hundred number there. What, what's your phone service? Do you have unlimited, or what's your? Uh... Uh, no, it's not unlimited, but it's it's so cheap. I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I have unlimited, and even my cell phone after 9 o'clock I can call. So, you know, well, yeah, don't think about it. But, uh, like, I do have an 800 number. And Mine just... might be unlimited. I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I didn't pay attention. Uh huh. Well, who's your phone service with? Um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. Is it, doesn't Verizon have a phone? Yeah, Verizon has phone service. Uh-huh. That's who I have, yeah. Uh, are they your uh, Internet? Do you, have, do you have broadband Internet, too? Yeah. Okay, and, and is that who you have your Internet through is Verizon? Okay. Cool. Yeah, I got wireless. Uh, yeah, and I got uh, direct TV is what I get. Oh, and the other thing, uh, we will have to uh, we'll have to do like an iChat. We'll do a video iChat or something uh, in a few days or next week or whenever you feel like it or something because we can. I have a camera in my laptop. You got a camera in your laptop. Uh huh. I've used it only once. Yeah, I just did for the what I did for the first time. I, my friend down in Florida, he just bought a new iMac for his daughter, uh-huh. and you know he's he's a Mac guy for the longest time, but he didn't have any cameras. Well, the new iMac he had with the cameras. He says, oh, let's let's do a let's do a video uh, chat. So I did that with him, and then I realized I saw that my granddaughter was online too in San Diego. Oh. And I said to him, I said, do you know you can do five people at a time on this? So I did. I, I double-clicked on my granddaughter, and I got her on there. So it's the first time we had a three-way. Yeah, you can do five people. I'll be done. Yep, five people and transfer files and all that stuff. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. And uh, now that everybody's got broadband, it's definitely cool. And the other thing I've done with it is uh, my friend uh, Jeff has never seen my house, you know, here in Philadelphia. Because most people don't come here, so I, I I walked around the house, showing them the, gave my house tour using the camera and the laptop, you know. <laughs> so weird shit like that. But anyway, yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. But anyway, yeah, send me your information, and 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 I'll and I'll I'll send you my address so you can uh, mail me the uh, the slideshow. Yeah. And we'll talk again real soon. Excellent. And I guess uh, we have a podcast here, so at some point uh, I will I will put this up too, and you'll be able to listen to us talking to each other again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that'd be great. Anyway, so you have a good one, and I look forward to seeing you. And I'm really glad you found me, Steve. Yeah, me too. I think this is such a kick. It is a kick. Yeah. And and we'll talk to you soon then. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye.